name of Jesus Christ. And so, by God's grace, we're not wasting much time. We're just going to go straight into his word. And we're going to be looking at a topic titled, Courage and Hope for the Last Days Believers. Courage and Hope for the Last Days Believers. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Courage and Hope for the Last Days Believers. Amen. If you look at your Bible carefully, you study um, from Genesis unto Revelation. If you look at all the prophecies, you look at all God's instruction regarding the last days as to what will happen in the last days, praise the Lord, you realize that we are already in the last days, praise the name of the Lord. Look at all the events, look at all the activities, look at all the circumstances, look at all the wars and the rumors of wars, look at all the afflictions, look at all the pain, look at all the financial tumor, look at all the difficult times that we're going through personally you know that it is not strange that we are already in the last days. Praise the Lord. But as Christians, how can we cope as believers? How can we manage ourselves? Praise the Lord. There were believers who once lived such a life. Amen. In the days of old, in the Old Testament, and even in the days of the Lord Jesus Christ, they, they, they had to go through trying times. They had to go through difficult moments. Hallelujah. They had to go through some challenging experiences. Hallelujah. Some of them even lost their lives. According to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible talks about heroes of faith. People were being sold asunder. People were thrown into the lion's den. Praise the Lord. There were those who were even set on fire. Praise the name of the Lord. In fact, the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ were all murdered. Hallelujah. They murdered every one of them except for John. Every one of them were martyrs of the faith. Praise the name of the Lord. And so we as believers, we got caught up in this same experience these days. We are in the last days, a day and a time wherein persecution increases, trials, difficult moment increases. The Bible says something in the book of uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's quickly look at that. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 3, we'll take those few verses uh, as a springboard as we go forward. 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'll be reading from verse 1. Praise the Lord. It says, are we there? Hallelujah. Chapter 3 from verse 1. It says, this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Perilous times means difficult times. A time of failure. A time of financial difficulty. A time of anarchy. Hallelujah. A time of, of, of affliction, a time of sorrow, a time of pain, a time of great depression, a time of, a time of uh, uh, disappointment. Put it that way. The Bible says, know this also. That is, we must know this. Hallelujah. This is not something that we should just brush off our shoulders as if it's never, never going to happen. This is real. This is true. Know this, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, trust breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Praise the name of the Lord. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, modern lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. 
Hallelujah. Now, these are just the description of the end time, the last days, as to what's going to happen. Consider what Jesus said in his prophecy in Matthew chapter 24 also. The Bible talks about uh, uh, the time that the disciples came to Jesus. They asked him about the sign of the end and of the, uh, the end of, of the age and of his coming. And the Bible says Jesus said that there will be rumors of wars, there will be pestilence, there will be earthquakes in diverse places, there will be many false prophets that will arise. But Jesus says all this at the beginning of of sorrows praise the name of the lord just the beginning it's not even the end yet hallelujah so you can imagine what the end will look like amen praise the lord so the bible says in the book of second uh, timothy that perilous times shall come and we are in those perilous times it didn't just stop there in first timothy just back a few verses uh chapters you see first timothy chapter number four verse one verse one says uh first timothy chapter four verse uh one are we there? It says, now the spirit, this is the spirit of God speaking now. This is the spirit of God. Can you imagine? The spirit of God speaketh expressly. Hallelujah. That is, he was emphasizing, he was speaking with power, with all sobriety. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To instruct the church. It says, now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the last days or in the latter time, you see that there, some shall depart from the faith some shall depart from the faith praise the name of the lord the bible says giving heed to seducing spirit and doctrines of devil speaking lies in hypocrisy having their conscience seared with a hot iron forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meat which god had created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth praise the name of the lord now, while I was waiting for the Lord, I'm trusting God for God to give me a word. The Lord God Almighty led me through Second Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at verse 16 down to verse 19. But I was saying, God, what is it that you're trying to tell me in this? Hallelujah. What are you trying to show me? What is it that you want me to speak to your people about? Hallelujah. And these are, are some of the things and the reasons why God gave me this title of this message, Courage and Hope for the Last Days Believers. Praise the Lord. I believe you're going through trials. I believe you're going through difficult and challenging moments. I believe you're experiencing hard times. I believe sometimes you even tend to query yourself, query the word of God, and maybe even query God himself. Praise the Lord. Maybe you are confused. You don't know what to do based on your challenges or the experiences that you're going through. Or maybe not only that, you got to the point that you're like, God, who can I believe? Or what should I believe? You know? Or maybe not only that, because of your, your, your difficulties or because of the disappointment or, or the hard times personally that you have been going through, you got to the point that you are stuck. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. And now you are saying, God, what next? Praise the name of the Lord. Now, the Bible clearly says here in the book of First Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1, that difficult times will come in the last days as the Spirit of God uh, expresses it. The Bible says, not only that, look at it. It says, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirit and doctrines of devils. So the Lord was saying, these are the times that many will give up. These are the times that many will run away. These are the times that many will lost their faith. These are the times that many will lost their hope. These are the times where many will be discouraged and confused. And we've seen what Corona did to the church, the body of Christ. Am I right? You've seen how many churches closed down during the corona. You've seen how many people don't bother to go to church anymore. Hallelujah. You see how many people don't bother to pray. And it's just corona. Praise the Lord. Just corona. 
Corona <laughs> destabilized the body of Christ. Corona destroyed the faith of many believers. Corona caused some people, in fact, some people become social members now. Others become uh, media members now. Praise the Lord. And until today, people are still afraid of gathering together. But they are not afraid of going to work. Praise the Lord. They are not afraid of going to the grocery stores, right? They are not afraid of catching the bus and going somewhere but they are afraid of coming to church that is a deception from the pit of hell that's a manipulation hallelujah these are all strategies that are in place by the enemy in order to destroy whatever god is doing praise the lord now when we talk about courage and hope for the last days believers i want you to understand that courage is a treasure courage is very very important courage is the weapon for the believer courage is a way or, or means to which you and i can arm ourselves fortify ourselves against the activities of the wicked one hallelujah there are a lot of discouragement going on out there maybe what you're going through might discourage you if that is not the case it might be that what you will hear might even discourage you praise the name of the lord the news might discourage you Praise the name of the Lord. Challenges around my dis a lot of things can cause discouragement. Hallelujah. But as we look at hope and courage for the last days, believers, I want you to know that God loves you and God wants you to have courage in the midst of these perilous times in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants you to triumph. God wants you to excel. God wants you to still fulfill his plan and purpose. God knew that a time like this will come and you are born at this particular time in order to glorify God, to be an evidence of the goodness, of the loving kindness and the faithfulness of our God. Praise the name of the Lord. So when we talk about courage, what is courage? Courage is the ability to stand in the midst of trials, in the midst of difficulties. It is the ability to stand, to face the challenges of our lives, to face the difficulties that we experience on a day-to-day -day basis praise the name of the lord so courage is the ability to stand and to face the challenges of our life experiences or to face the challenges of things or circumstances around us praise the name of the lord courage can also be defined as the stamina to stay in the perfect will of god the stamina to stay in the perfect will of God, no matter what the world is saying, no matter the way you feel, no matter the things that you are going to go through, you have the stamina to stay in the perfect will of God. Courage is also the ability to, to wait, to wait, to wait. Say, no matter what I'm going through, I'll wait on the Lord. He had promised he will not lie and he will not fail. Praise the name of the Lord. God will never disappoint a man, so I will wait. Courage is also the ability to believe and be hopeful. You believe and you be hopeful. Praise the name of the Lord. It's like no matter what, I still believe. I still believe. It doesn't matter what the world is saying. It doesn't matter what the devil is doing. You know, you know, it is, it is, it is, it is ironic. Ironic in the sense that this very devil that is deceiving us not to believe in God believes in God. Praise the Lord. Do you know that the Bible says that he believes in God according to First Timothy? The Bible says he, he even trembles. But he will tell people not to believe in God. He will tell people that God doesn't exist. But he believes in God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Courage is the ability to stand, to believe, to hope, to wait, and be at the perfect will of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Courage is the strength to do whatever God wants you to do, even though it may seem hard or impossible. It is the ability to stand, to do whatever God wants you to do. It is that strength that will empower you and cause you to do whatever God wants you to do, even though things may be hard or seems impossible. In other words, they may say it is impossible, but with the courage that you have, you say, with God, all things are 
possible. With the courage that you have, God says you're going to get married, you believe, and you will get married. With the courage that you have, you believe that God says you're going to be here, you believe, and you will get here. With the courage that you have, you believe that your business will succeed, that business will succeed. With the courage that you have, you believe that God is a way maker, is a provider, is a miracle worker. You believe and you stand by that and walk with that and God will see you through in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does the devil want to do? The devil wants to abort your destiny. The devil wants to abort your potentials. The devil wants to abort the will of God in your life. All that God has provided for, all that Jesus paid for on the cross of Calvary, all that the enemy is trying to do, listen to this now, he knows that he cannot touch you. So what he does is that he, he opens a venue of discouragement for you to walk into that discouragement. And the moment you walk into that discouragement, you begin to give up on God. You begin to give up on yourself. You begin to have distrust for people. You don't have confidence in people anymore. You cannot trust the pastor. You cannot trust your pastor's wife. You cannot trust your church member. You cannot trust another fellow leader. You cannot trust your husband. You cannot trust your wife. You cannot trust your neighbor. You cannot trust anything anymore. Why? Because you are discouraged. Praise the name of the Lord. That is what discouragement does. Discouragement will cause you to even look at that which is pleasant and it seems unpleasant to you. Discouragement will cause you to look at a plate of food you are hungry but you still lost your appetite and you are hungry praise the lord discouragement will cause you to dress well you look so beautiful you look so gorgeous but yet at the same time you look at yourself and say ah i look so ugly this thing doesn't match on me i don't look good that is what discouragement will cause discouragement will cause you in the midst of your victory you look at it you assume that no you're not making it discouragement brings you at the low estate in life discouragement brings you to a point of of, of destruction put it that way discouragement will cause you to underestimate yourself critique yourself and not only that you condemn yourself to a level of non-entity and that is not fear to yourself praise the name of the lord discouragement always come not for your good but to destroy you and destroy whatever god has invested in you praise the lord no wonder the bible says something to joshua in the book of joshua let's look at joshua as an example and then we go to jesus the bible says after the death of moses god knew very well that joshua was discouraged he knew very well that the children of israel were discouraged because already pay attention to this very important the promises of God was upon the life of Moses. The hand of God was upon the life of Moses. The manifestation of God's virtue, the power, everything was upon the life of Moses. He was their leader. He was the one that God gave the instruction to lead the people out of Egypt into the promised land. Now, imagine the leader that God told to lead you guys to get to the promised land. That leader died. Is that not a disappointment? Yes, they felt discouraged. They were disappointed. It's like, but who is going to lead us now? Who is going to take us through this journey? The man that was supposed, that God told to lead us, now the man passed away. And so God picked on Joshua, who was the assistant of, of, of Moses. Look at Joshua chapter 1. Let's see what God said to Moses. I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but this message is for you. Hallelujah. Because God knows exactly the point at which you are in your life. Joshua chapter 1. And let's see what this is. The counsel, not from a pastor now. It's not from a, an apostle, not from an evangelist. It's a counsel from Almighty God Himself. Joshua chapter 1. I'll be reading a few verses, selective verses, and we proceed. From verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake. Look at it. The Lord who spake here, the Lord spake to who? To Joshua, the son of Nom, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is what? 
is dead now therefore arise go over this jordan thou and all these people unto the land which i do give unto them praise the lord even to the children of israel hallelujah and every place and every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that have i given unto you as i said unto who unto moses so the instruction was unto moses but now moses passed away now god is ministering to joshua praise the lord now in the midst of all of this look at god's instruction to joshua look at all god's uh counsel to joshua this is as i said before it's coming from almighty god look at this particular verses very interesting look at verse verse 4 and i mean look at verse 5 downwards verse 5 it says there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as i was with moses so i will be with thee i will not fail thee nor forsake thee did you get that there did you get that are you sure you get that are you sure so what did you see there there are four things that god said there he said there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life do you see that there that is number one number two what does it say as i was with moses so i will be with thee that's number two number three what does it say i will not fail thee number four i will not forsake thee did you get that praise the name of the lord do you know these very same promises that god gave to joshua is the same promises that we have as believers Praise the name of the Lord. In fact, we have a better promises and a better covenant according to the book of Romans. Praise the Lord. A better promises, a better covenant, more than what Joshua had. But take note, I, I'm taking you somewhere. Just follow me. Verse 6, what does it say? God now, after he had given the promises to Joshua, he had given all the instruction to Joshua. He told him what he had in mind for Joshua, that he will be with him. He will not leave him. He will not forsake him. No man will be able to stand before him. Take note of this now. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Look at, look at the, the court. This is the court of all of this. Verse 6, the court says, Be strong and of a good courage, for unto these people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto thy father to give unto them. Now, what did you see there? God realized that, listen to this now, this is very vital, very vital in this message because this is the springboard as to where we're going to be going to all the branches to, today. God is saying, even though I promise I will be with you, no man will be able to stand before thee, praise the Lord. Even though uh, my covenant which is with you to take these people to the promised land, but you personally personally you yourself there is an issue that you have to deal with you have a need in your own personal life now let me say this to you the reason why i tell you to pay attention to this particular verse is that sometimes the promises of god is not a problem do you understand sometimes the instruction of god is not even the problem praise the lord look at it god is still with joshua his covenant is still with joshua but yet god reminded joshua but about something that he ought to pay attention to that is courage he said that you must be courageous which means that in the midst of the promises discouragement might come trials might come difficulties might come hard times will come and if you don't have courage all that god has promised you might not even work for you might not even seem relevant in your eyes because of what you are going to go through are you getting it now are you getting it Praise the Lord. In other words, God is saying, with all that I have said to you, with all that I have promised you, even my presence is with you, and yet you personally must have courage. Because if you don't have enough courage, 
when the wind blew upon your life praise the name of the lord when the flood will show up upon your life if you are not courageous you will just discard all the promises you will just abandon all that i have said and you begin to back out and sink down and that is why we read from the book of uh first timothy chapter 4 it says some shall depart from the faith in the midst of perilous times did you see that now and that is what we're going through as believers many believers are backing out many believers have already abandoned their faith abandoned their zeal abandoned the love of god abandoned the word of god abandoned all the promises of god not because god is not true it is not because god is not faithful it is not because god is a liar no it is because many of us do not have the courage the grace the strength to stand the Bible says, you remember the last time we were dealing with confidence in God, right? He said we should not cast away our confidence in God because that confidence has a great recompense of what? Reward. Praise the name of the Lord. The Bible also says that if we fail in the days of adversities, it's because our strength is what? Is small. So we must possess enough strength. And part of the strength that the Bible talks about that we need these last days is courage. Because if God had promised you that by his stripes you were healed, and up to now you haven't received the healing, do you have enough courage to still believe in God? Mm -hmm. Now we're breaking eggs. <laughs> that is what it takes to be a real believer. God promised you you are the head and not the tail, but you've been in that job for like 15 years. But God, since you said I'm the head and not the tail, but up to now I haven't seen anything, do you still have courage to believe? You see this Joshua that we're talking about? You remember... He was the one, Joshua and Caleb. You remember both of them that Moses promised the land. You remember that? And the Bible says, was it Caleb that came to Joshua and says, you remember 38 years ago, 39 years ago. He said, you promised me. He says, now I'm almost 80 something. He says, but I am still able just as yesterday to possess my possession. Give me my own inheritance. Can you imagine how long it takes? Do you, if you read your Bible, Bible scholars will tell you that the promise of Jesus Christ was not even before, Ab I mean, to Abraham, was before Abraham. Remember the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the lamb that was slain before what? The foundation of the world. But how many years it takes for that thing to be fulfilled? The timing of God is not in your hand, it's in his own hands. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, he made everything beautiful in what? Thank you. His own time. Not in my time, not in your time, but in the timing of God. But do you have courage to wait for God's timing? Do you have courage to be patient that you're going to have your baby? Do you have courage to be patient to, to, to wait on God that you, your business is going to flourish and succeed? Do you have courage enough, that stamina enough to wait and say, God, my husband is coming, my wife is coming? Do you have courage and patience enough to say, you know what, my husband will change. This man will repent, he will surrender to Jesus. Do you have patience enough to wait and say, my children are going to, they're going to repent. They're going to give their life to Jesus. Even though they are wayward and rebellious and, and they are fighting against you. Do you have courage enough? Do you have courage enough to say, in the midst of the trying times and the difficult moment in our world, God is still going to help me. So God was saying to Joshua, be strong and of good courage. He says, for unto these people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto thee, unto their fathers to give them. Verse 7. He says, only look at it. God is emphasizing. He keeps reiterating the same thing over and over again. He has a reason. Now, look up and look at me for one minute. One minute. One minute. Do you know what led Moses to hit the rock instead of speaking to the rock? Huh? Discouragement. 
Moses was so discouraged about the, the murmuring and the complaining of the people. He says, oh, you stiff-necked people. How long have I been with you? God has been doing this. God has been doing that. And now you are complaining about the water. That the water... Hit the rock, the Bible says. God got angry. What he did not know that that rock was a mystery. That rock was not an ordinary rock. In Corinthians, the Bible said the rock that followed them was Christ. So the first person to crucify Jesus was Moses. Wow! Moses did not know that that was a mystery. That rock was a mystery. He crucified Jesus before Jesus went to the cross. So that was why God said, Moses, you will see the land, but you will not enter. God got angry. Discouragement. You know how many times these people were complaining? You know how many times these people... At one time, Moses said, God, no, I'm, not, I'm not their father. I'm not the one that gave birth to them. If you want, kill them. I'm tired of them. <laughs> but in the midst of all of that, there is a promise that was hanging that they would go to the promised land as a fulfillment. So when God was saying to Joshua, be courageous, he was not joking. He was saying, if you, you were there, you saw what your father went through. You saw what Moses went through. So if you don't take courage now, you don't hold on to courage now, you might not enter. If you don't have the courage to go on, if you're not careful, you will even give up. Haven't you, haven't you had an experience before that you feel so disappointed about what someone did to you? Maybe a family member, maybe your husband, your wife, or a relation, or whatever, something or at work, and you are like shocked. I can't believe that this person will betray me like this, backstab me like this. You've had that before, right? And you feel so discouraged. Praise the Lord. Or you are going through certain things and people just, I was watching, I was watching something this morning. It's, I, I mean, I just watched it this morning. And, and, I, and, I, and I think you all, some of you may have watched this, uh, uh, Patricia Jagannath. Is it Jagannath, the, the Caribbean lady that was on CP24 when she was complaining and crying about how she got treated and maltreated and discriminated against? And the lady was crying. I saw that thing and I felt so bad. Very, very, very hardworking woman when she talks about the weather, you like it. You know, when she goes on the news and the way she talks, the way she explains things, you like to, I don't. I don't normally pay attention to whether, I mean, the readers that come on, but because of the way she does her, her job, the expression and all of that, it makes it so beautiful and so, even if you don't want to pay attention, you want to know what's coming, what's next. But what we don't know was that she was being discriminated against and so many things that she has been going through behind the scene, and we don't know. And she got so fed up and discouraged, she gave up the job. Praise the Lord. Discouragement will cause you to even abandon your potentials. Discouragement will cause you to let go of certain things that you ought not to. Discouragement will cause you to just, just feel, you feel disappointed. It's like this will not work anymore. Discouragement. Praise the name of the Lord. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. In other words, when you, when you are disappointed, when your hope is being cut off, you end up being what? Being sick. So God was saying, only verse 7, be thou strong. Now God did not say be courageous. He says, be thou strong. Can you imagine God says only? In other words, God is saying, this is one thing that I want you to get. If you get this one thing, you get all the other stuff. Praise the Lord. Because these people that you're about to lead, hmm, you're not only going to lead them, but they're also going to lead you to a point that if you're not careful, you will sink. <laughs> yeah. You are going to lead them, but if you're, not, if you're not careful, they will lead you to a point that you will sink. So he says, holy, be what? 
be thou strong and he put it an emphasis now and very courageous verse 7 that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which moses my servant commanded thee turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper with us so he has two major responsibilities number one to be courageous to take the people through number two to be courageous to keep the law to keep the word of god keep the standard of god's principle keep god's instruction can you imagine that so he has very two major tasks imagine god says something and then the people will be doing something else what does it take for you to keep up with what the people are saying and with what God is saying and how to get through. It takes what? Thank you. Courage. Verse 8. He said, This book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, that shall meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For them thou shalt make thy way prosperous. So prosperity came as a result of obedience to God's word. And then thou shalt have good success. Now verse 9 is the major reason why I brought you here. Verse 9. And let's look at what verse 9 says. Can we go together? After two, go, everybody. It says, Have not I commanded thee? Imagine God is saying, He said it, be courageous. He said it again, be very courageous. And He says, Be strong and with a good courage. Ah, be courageous. Be very courageous. Be strong and of a good courage. God, what are you trying to say? And He comes back again in verse 9. After He has said it three times, emphasized three times, praise the Lord. He said, to him now have not i he's telling him now have not i commanded thee so he's saying now to you joshua courage is a commandment is an instruction pay attention to it i am commanding you so it's is 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 he's sort of like giving it to him as an insight he gave it to him as a counseling he gave it to him again as a warning but now he's giving it to him as a command i'm commanding you to do what to be strong and of a what of a good courage and he says what be not afraid of their faces or be not afraid neither be thou dismayed for the lord look at this for the lord thy god is with thee whithersoever thou goest now when god gave me the verse as i said second corinthians chapter six uh, chapter four verse 16 to the verse 19 and i'm asking myself but lord god what is the purpose of all of this and we're going to get there and he was revealing this that was that was happening to Joshua, and I and I'm like, God, what do you want us to get out of this? Now look at these verses carefully, especially verse nine. He says there are three major things, or four, I should say, that are very important. He says, number one, have not I commanded thee? What do you see there? The command of God to be courageous or very strong and courageous. So God wants you to know this morning that you must be courageous. It is a command to us to be courageous. Be courageous that you will not fail in this life. They told you you were a failure. Be courageous that you will not fail. They told you you were never going to amount to anything. You're never going to make it. Be courageous that you are going to make it. Be courageous that you are going to have that visa. Be courageous that you are going to give back to your bouncing babies. Wonderful children. Be courageous that you are going to be victorious over sin and over demonic bondages. Be courageous that you are going to triumph over the enemies. Be courageous that you are going to excel in this life. Be courageous that you are going to endure till the very end. Be courageous that it doesn't matter what, whatever your in-laws or outlaws may have said, you are going to make it. 
They may persecute you. They may abuse you. They may call you names. They may chastise you. But be courageous for your own good. The Bible says that God said to him, Have not I commanded? So number one, it's a command now. And if you adhere to this command, it shall be well with you in Jesus' name. Number two, he says, be strong and courageous. So the commandment is that God commanded him to be what? Very strong and courageous. Praise the Lord. And look at this. What is behind that command? He said something. Be strong and courageous. And then on the other end, he says, be not afraid, not dismayed. Did you get it? So, number one, God was also revealing to Joshua what it should be. And number two, God was also revealing to Joshua what it should not be. You understand me? So, the first one, he says, be what? Courageous. And then the second one that God doesn't want him to be part of is what? Be not afraid, not dismayed. And this is where many believers are struggling. A lot of us are afraid. A lot of us feel discouraged. That is being dismayed. You're depressed. Hey, Pastor, I'm just confused. I feel so depressed. I don't know what to do. You know, I'm just tired. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. God is saying, don't be like that. Hallelujah. God is saying, don't be like that. Be steadfast in your faith. Maybe at your university, whatever you are doing there, I mean, you see the persecution is, is, is coming from the left. From, you know, ah, life is interesting. Eh? Don't be surprised if they hate you at work because you're a child of God. Don't be surprised if they hate you at your places of business or maybe your institution or because they know that you're a believer. Now, they, they, they look at you as somebody that is some, somehow, I mean, like you're stupid or you are, you are, you are a non-entity and they, they look at you as a point of ridicule. Anytime they want to make fun, they'll point at you or they'll pick on you and they, they always try to, 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 to abuse you or ridicule. Don't, don't be surprised. It is obvious. The Bible says if they hate the Lord Jesus Christ, they will also hate us. Praise the Lord. People look at you as if you are ignorant. You believe that there is a God. There is no God. Stupid woman. Oh, stupid guy. Foolish things. And look at the way they are just going out. Just religious people. Don't mind them. Let them call you foolish. Let them call you stupid. Let them call you whatever name. But the Bible says you must be what? Strong and be courageous. Be not afraid and be not what? Be not dismayed. Don't be afraid. Oh, pastor, I don't know what's going to happen. What are they going to do? No, even if they are going to take your life. Let it be. Don't be discouraged and don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Why? Why God commanded Joshua to be strong? There is a reason. Why is it that God commanded him to be courageous? Why is it that God commanded him not to be afraid? Not to be dismayed. What is the reason? The first part of it. What does it say? Aha! Thank you, my dear. You're getting it. It says what? For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Wow, that's the winning ticket. I am not afraid because he's with me. I am strong because he's with me. I am courageous because he's with me. I am not dismayed because he's with me. I am confident. I am disciplined. I am focused. I'm not going to allow myself to be, to be distracted. I'm not going to allow you to push me to the peripherals. Why? Because he is with me. He says, for lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. You are not alone. Turn to your neighbor and say to him or her, you are not alone. One more time, say you are not alone. One more time, say you are not alone. The Lord is with you. He loves you. Listen to this, beloved. Stop condemning yourself. 
Stop accusing yourself. Stop assessing yourself based on the world view. Stop calculating things and begin to put one and one and two and think that, oh, I'm not making it. Why? Because maybe you don't have a Mercedes Benz or maybe you're not driving a plane or maybe you don't have a, 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 a you're not driving a Porsche car or something. No, all those things are vanity. Don't assess yourself because you don't have a mansion or no, no, no. What is much more important is your soul. In fact, the scripture says, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Let's say you're the richest man on this earth. And not only that, but you own the, the world like God himself, right? And then the Bible says you die and ending up in hell. What will that profit you? What would you achieve? Absolutely nothing. Thank you. Praise the Lord. So you see, God speaking to Joshua was for a reason. He was saying to Joshua, there's going to come a time when you're going to face challenges and difficulties. But if you have courage enough, you make it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need the same courage as Joshua. You need to be courageous. Even when you apply for a job and they say, we're sorry, we can't employ you, be courageous and apply the next time. Amen. Somebody walk out on you, be courageous. Amen. Things seem to collapse around you. Be what? They are talking about you. Be what? You lost your way in life. Be what? Things seem to be hard in life. Be what? Be courageous. Courage. Courage. If you ask business people who are successful, they will tell you how many times they failed. If they tell you how many times they failed, you'll be scared. You'll be shocked. You'll be like, wow, really? You will not even believe. And some people that you see having all this big platform all over the world, go and ask them about their yesterdays. They will tell you yesterday I could not afford a plate of food for my children. They will tell you, oh, yesterday I could not even afford, afford, afford a bus ticket. They will tell you, oh, yesterday I was, I was homeless. Praise the Lord. You know, when you listen to people like Steve Harvey, he will tell you that he was once homeless. You remember Steve? When you listen to this other guy, this Madea guy, what is his name? I don't know his, his actual name. The one that acts as Madea. Tyra <laughs> Nice guy. <laughs> he will tell you. They will tell you they have a history. There is a history. All that you see now is just the glory. Go and check the history. It takes a lot of courage to bounce back, to stand and say, yes, I understand it's hard. I understand I will face several times, but that doesn't count me out. I will still move on in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even the Lord Jesus was an example. The Lord himself was an example. Let's look at, let's look at Jesus as an example. And let's see what Jesus had to go through. You're going to be shocked. And see what Jesus had to go through. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's quickly look at the book of Matthew chapter 28. We're going to look at Jesus as an example of courage. Jesus was very courageous. And then we'll begin to break, some, break down some issues. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 28. This is our, our Lord. This is our master. This is our savior himself. No wonder the Bible says the righteous may fall seven times and seven times again. The Lord, the Bible says, will what? Will raise him up. So don't, don't give up. If God knew that you were going to fall and yet he still called you, why would you give up? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. He says you are going to fall. It's obvious. You are going to make mistakes. It's obvious. There are times that you're going to go down, but he's saying going down doesn't count you out. It's when you determine to stay down, that's what counts you out. But you can still go down and bounce back. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am bouncing back. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will not give up on myself. I will not give up on God. I will live to glorify him. Amen. Matthew 28. Thank you, Lord. Can we read a few verses? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, instead of looking at Matthew 28, let's, uh, let's look at... Uh, 
Hold on. Hmm. I'm trying to get it right for you. Look at uh, Luke chapter 23 first. Luke 23. Luke 23, verse 37. Hallelujah. Let's go to Luke because it's the same account, but it's much more clearer. Are we there? Thank you, Lord. Are we ready for this? Luke 23, are we there? I'll be reading from verse uh, 37 downwards. Hmm. Hallelujah. It says, And saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And his superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. Praise the Lord. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the, look at this, one of the male factor which were hanged, railed on him, railed on Jesus, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. Can you imagine this? Save thyself and us. Wow. But the other asking, rebuking, or rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly. For we receive the due reward of our deeds. But look at this. This man had done nothing amiss. Can you imagine that? Verse 42. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into the kingdom. Verse 43. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now, the same account is in the book of Matthew. The same account is in the book of Mark. But what is much more important in this account and very, very interesting is the courage of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Several things happen. Hallelujah. But then, when you look at Jesus Christ, you, you, you get to realize this. That his purpose of coming was to save mankind from sins, right? Was to deliver us from our sins. Now, you also realize that Jesus didn't come to die for himself because he's already okay. He's Lord, he's God in the flesh, and he's the Savior. He purposely came to die for every mankind so that you and I will be saved. Now, imagine you and I, as humans, we were cooperating with the devil to crucify Jesus. Can you imagine that? Because this was exactly what happened. It was, you didn't see Satan came down and was crucifying Jesus. No. All that was done to Jesus Christ were done by what? Humans. Whether they were Jews, whether they were Greek, whether they were barbarians or Gentiles, everything that was done to Jesus was being done by what? Humans. So he came to save humans, not angels, but we are the very ones that crucified him. Praise the Lord. Does that make any sense to you? Good. Now, do you know that even in the early ministry of Jesus Christ, there were people that Jesus healed? Am I right? There were people that he raised to, death, uh, to life, from death to life. Am I right? There were people that were called his disciples. Am I right? But do you know that when he was about to be crucified, most of them disappeared? Not a single one could contend for him and say, Oh, he was the one that paid the price for me. Oh, he was the one that healed me. What about the, five, uh, the ten lepers? None of them showed up. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. The ten lepers, none of them showed up. What about those that were raised to life? None of them showed up. Not a single one of them showed up to say, Oh, we know this man. Or this man once helped us. Not a single one of them. Hallelujah. Where were all these people that Jesus Christ came to die for? Where were all these people that Jesus Christ, in fact, paid the price for? Where were all these people that Jesus Christ walked with? 
Hallelujah. So look at what was going on now. Now in the midst of the cross, the Bible says that they provoked Jesus. They called him names. Hallelujah. They accused him. They said a whole lot of things against Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. And yet, the Bible says he did not say a word. Now let me show you something in Matthew now. Let's go back to Matthew. We've read the book of Luke. Let's see Matthew chapter 27. And let me show you something there now. Hallelujah. And we're going to deal with the details. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Are we ready? Thank you, Jesus. Look at uh, verse number 42 down to 43. 42 to 43. Hmm. When I read this, it baffles my mind. Look at verse 40, 41, 42 downwards. Okay. The boy will pay attention to 43, 42 and 43. And saying, Thou that destroyeth the temple and buildeth it in three days, save thyself, if thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priest among him, um, the chief priest, sorry, mocking him with the scribes and elders, they said, What? He saved others, take note of this, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel. Let him now come down. How many times you see this word come down? Twice. Come down from the cross and we will believe him. Did you understand that language? In other words, they were saying, if you can come down from the cross, we will believe you. Save yourself and save all these other two guys that are criminal. Now, what is very intriguing in this account is that Jesus have enough courage Remember before he got to this point at the garden of God, Gethsemane, he knew what was going on, right? The Bible says his, his prayer, his tears, and everything were going together that the Bible says to the extent that the tears, the sweat that was coming off of him was like blood. Praise the Lord. Because he knew what he was going to face. Now imagine, let's be honest, in our own human self, with our pride and our, and our, and our status and all of that, if you're helping someone to, 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 to do something for them for their own good and those people are betraying you. Let's be honest. Are you going to continue? No. You say, man, they are too ungrateful. I'm trying to help the guy and he's talking about me. I'm trying to help him and he's making fun of me. I'm trying to help him and he's mocking me. And you just say, you know what? I'll just let it go. I don't care. That's his business. If he makes it okay, if he dies, that's his business. Am I right? But it takes a lot of courage for Jesus to look at these very people that he was dying for and they're the ones that were crucifying him. He was looking at these very people that he was dying for. And look at the nonsense that these people were saying. Can you imagine that? I brought you to this chapter 27 of Matthew. Even though we have the same account in the book of Luke uh, chapter 23. But chapter 27 make it more clearer. Now let me show you something that was happening. Look at verse 42. Verse 40, they, they mocked him, right? And they said unto him, if thou be the son of, uh, 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 of God... Save thyself. Do you see that there? Save thyself and come down from the cross. They always want to bring you down. Like they wanted to bring Jesus down. The plan of the enemy is to take you from where you are to bring you what? To bring you down. Come down. Come down. Tell your enemy that you are not going down in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Tell your friend you are not going down. Can you say this to your brother and your sister? I'm not coming down. Wheresoever God has placed me, I will move from glory to glory. I'm not coming down in the name of Jesus. But look at 41. 
the thing becomes so much more intense. Look at the provocation. Likewise, also the chief, the chief priest. Can you imagine that? The chief priest. Was he not supposed to be that the one that is more religious and more godly to help Jesus? And say, you know, hey, my, uh, my son or my father, let me help you in the name of the father and of the son. Huh? Is that not what they do? But look at what he was doing. It was more, much more provocative. Is it the chief priest? What does this say? Mocking him. Imagine that. Chief priest, you are mocking me. And I'm dying for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you see that? They were mocking. Mocking him. And he says, with the scribes and elders. The scribes. And these are people who know the word. These are people who say they are religious. They study the word. Praise the Lord. You know, I'm not surprised because religious people are always critical. Religious people are always the accuser. They will accuse you. If you do something now, the first people that will put you online and try to accuse you and, and bastardize you will be Christians. Will be religious people. No matter what you do or you try to do, praise the Lord. But look at it in verse 42. He says, look at what they said. They said what? This is what baffles me. He saved others. So they knew very well that he's the savior. Can you imagine that? He saved others. Praise the Lord. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down. You see, the second time he was asked to come down. Come down from the cross and look at the lies. Look at the lies. They said, we will believe what? We will believe him. You see these people, permit me to use this word. They were the most stupid I've ever read in the Bible. Imagine somebody is up there dying for you. You are telling him to come down. That is why I said before, Jesus didn't come to die for himself. He was already perfect. So his death on the cross was not for himself. So he will not come down. It was for their own good. His death on the cross was to save them, to bring salvation to all mankind. They were ignorant, acting in stupidity. They don't know exactly what Jesus was doing. Instead, they were asking him to come down and they said, you must save yourself and save these other people. Praise the Lord. May I say this to you? Ignore the voices of the outsiders out there. Also, ignore those who don't know what God already told you. If people don't know what God told you, don't mind them. He's a crazy guy. He's a stupid man. He's foolish. Oh, he abandoned this and abandoned that all in the name of Jesus. He's engaged in this. He's too religious. Just don't listen to them because they were not there when God spoke to you. Am I making sense to you? Listen. Believe in God who believes in you. Forget about people. Turn to your neighbor. Say, believe in God who believes in you. Forget about people. Ignore the temptation to prove yourself. They wanted Jesus to prove himself. But look, this is so sweet. Jesus was so courageous enough that he doesn't want to demonstrate any form of pride to show himself while he was on the cross. He supposed he could have he could have he, like the Bible says the Bible says it that he could have called ten thousand angels to deliver him, but he didn't do that. If he had done that, you and I would not have been here today. You and I would not have been saved. Am I right? He had courage enough to resist their temptation. Number one, he had courage enough to restrain himself to show that he is God or to show that he is powerful. Do you know when I was studying this, studying this, I realized that this is the same thing that Satan did to Jesus during the temptation. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, turn stone to bread. Was Jesus able to turn stone to bread? Yes, he was able to turn stone to bread. What do you do when sometimes the world tries to tempt you to do what you know very well that you are capable of doing? What do you do? 
Our sister say you do it. Well, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Why? Because anytime you obey an instruction from Satan, praise the Lord, or you obey a temptation from Satan, you already served him. Praise the Lord. So Jesus was saying, no, I can't serve you. I can't do it. Praise the Lord. So it's a temptation to for Jesus to show himself. Hallelujah. It was a temptation for Jesus Christ to demonstrate pride, to demonstrate power. You know, there's a time for restraint. You must have enough courage to restrain yourself. Do you know? <laughs> let me make fun of us. Every one of us, especially black people in the house this morning. Praise God. This is not a racial thing, but it's just true. You know, our culture, we like showing off. We like, you know, setting up. And black people like nice things and or whatever. But <laughs> I realize that most times, people who are poor are the ones that like to show off the most. You realize that, right? Rich people, they don't care. They can put on one t-shirt and one slippers. They are going on the plane. And you'll be wondering, where is this guy going? He's as if he's walking in his, in his dining room or his bed. Look at what they are wearing. But you see, black people, they are well suited to go on that plane. You thought that they are going to sit on first class. They are at the back of the plane. And you see this guy that walked in with the slippers and he doesn't care. You see them in all of this first class and all of that. You're like, yeah. People who don't have always want to show themselves. And Jesus is saying, you can't instruct me. I am God. You can't tell me what to do. I won't obey you, Satan. So there was a temptation for Jesus to demonstrate his power. There was a temptation for Jesus Christ to showcase himself. But he restrained himself. He had what we call self-control. That is what courage will do. You have enough courage to control yourself. You have enough courage to bear the temptation. You have enough courage to stand the accusation. You have the, uh, enough courage to stand the condemnation and the criticism. You have the, enough courage to, to resist the enemy. You have enough courage to say no matter what is going on, no matter what they are saying, no matter what they are doing, I have what it takes to say no and to control myself. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus says, I won't come down. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In other words, God is saying that you and I should stand firm in what we believe and don't go down. Turn to your neighbor. Say, don't go down to their level. Hallelujah. Because going down will destroy you. Praise the name of the Lord. Going down will destroy you. Hallelujah. The price to sacrifice was very high. And Jesus Christ realized that and he was doing it even though it was hard. He refused to come down. Hallelujah. He refused to do the miracle. He didn't succumb to their temptation to do a miracle there because that was not the intention. The intention was to pay the price to save man from sin. Praise the name of the Lord. Verse 43. Look at what he said again. I love this one. He says, he trusted in God. Now, watch. These people were accusing Jesus that he trusted in God. Are they not religious? Are they not professing God? So you see how deceitful people are? He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now. You see the statement? And if he will have him, for he said, I am the son of God. He said, I am the son of God. Okay, if so, now let God deliver you. What is worse than that? Praise the Lord. But Jesus looked at all that temptation. They said he trusted in God. He believed in God. Do you see that there? He trusted in God. Maybe that is the reason why they're chasing you here and there. Helter skelter. Why? Because you trusted in God. 
The world tends to make fun of you. Oh, you trusted in God. Look at what is going on in your life. Look at what is happening in your family now. Look at how things are turning upside down and you say you trusted in God. And you Jesus, Jesus people. Oh, you so-called born-again Christian. And look at what is going on. What can you do? Oh, you cannot do anything. You are not amount to anything. Oh, you are this or you are that. They, they said we trusted in God. Yes. Continue to trust in God and stay that way. Don't go down to their level in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, this was the best time for Jesus to give up. This was the best time for Jesus to turn his back against humanity. This was the best time for Jesus to say, you know what, you cannot ridicule me, you cannot humiliate me to this level, and for me again to continue with this project, enough is enough. No, he didn't do that. You know what? Jesus was courageous enough. The Bible says he endured the cross despising the shame. Can you imagine that? Hallelujah. In Luke 23, 37 to 39, you remember we read 39, the Bible says, one of the thieves railed on him railed on jesus this same account but in the book of luke the bible said the thief railed on him and says if you are the son of god save yourself and save us this guy was very ignorant also hallelujah save yourself and save us and jesus they didn't respond to this man that was on the left but the other one on the right said something very very intriguing he said this guy had done nothing wrong. He did nothing amiss. In verse 41 of Luke chapter 23. He says he had done nothing amiss. Praise the Lord. And he turned to Jesus and said, Sir. He said what? Remember me when thy cometh into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, Today! Not tomorrow. Today you will be with me in paradise. Now what is interesting again about this is that. Take note of this now. Already the man knew that Jesus did nothing wrong. He done nothing amiss, Right? Now, Jesus never responded to any one of them. Did you realize that? He never responded to the high priest. He never responded to the, to the accusers, the scribes. He never responded to the thieves. Hallelujah. The only one that he responded was, he responded to was the one on the right hand. Praise the Lord. When the man asked for help, he said, remember me. And Jesus Christ said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. It takes a lot of courage to restrain yourself. It takes a lot of courage to say no to the temptation of the enemy. It takes a lot of courage for you to stand in the midst of the storm and believe God no matter what. May I say this to you? Maybe at this particular time you need courage, enough courage based on what you're going through. Maybe you need courage based on the affliction. Maybe you are having bodily afflictions. Maybe you are having mental afflictions. Maybe you are having spiritual afflictions. Maybe you have to deal with issues that has to do with your family. Praise the name of the Lord. I want to assure you that there is hope. Amen? There is hope. Be courageous enough. Don't give up on God and don't give up on yourself. Be strong and of a good courage like what God said to Joshua. Now, let me tell you something. There are benefits. There are rewards. Hallelujah. When, when you keep your courage and you hold on, hallelujah, our hope and our faith in God is going to be rewarded by the special grace of God. Amen? Your hope, your courage, your confidence in God is going to be rewarded by the special grace of God. There are benefits when you stand in the courage of God. There are benefits when you act in courage. There are, there are rewards that are, that are being set apart for each and every one of us. That will live a life of courage. Look at the book of 2 Corinthians. Let's go to what God gave to me this morning. Let's start from there now. And they will begin to think about rounding up. 2 Corinthians. Are we there? Chapter 4. 
Hallelujah. Are you ready for this? Yes, I love this. I love this. Chapter 4, are we there? Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 4, from verse 16. It says, For which cause we faint not. We do not faint. Praise the Lord. Why? There's a reason why they don't faint. For which cause we faint not. It says, But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is what? Renewed how? Day by day. Now there's a spiritual transmission that is taking place. Even though outwardly you are perishing, outwardly you are being battered, outwardly you've been chastised, outwardly they, they make fun of you, outwardly it's as if you've been shattered, you are not, you're not amounting to anything outwardly, but the Bible says inwardly you are being renewed when and how? Day by day. Verse 17, I love verse 17. It says, for our light affliction, you see the Bible called that light affliction. All your trials, all your difficulties, all your painful experience, the Bible referred to them as what? Light afflictions. Look at this. These light afflictions are not going to stay forever. What does it say? The Bible says our light afflictions, which is but for a what? A moment. It's not going to stay permanently in Jesus' name. Pretty soon we're going home. Pretty soon the trumpet of the Lord will sound. Pretty soon all these difficulties, these times and painful moments, will come to an end and we'll be going to heaven in Jesus' name. It says, for our light affliction, which is for a moment, look at what's happening. Look at this. Very interesting. There's something there I wanted to catch. Work it for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Do you see that? So, look at me, beloved. Look at me. Let me reveal one secret. What is the reward in this? What is the benefit in this? Anytime you go through affliction as a child of God, you should, you should celebrate. You know why? Because that affliction worketh for us, it worketh for me, worketh for you, worketh for us what? A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So the more affliction, the more glory. The more affliction, the more reward. So that is why, listen to this now, when people go through afflictions, as a child of God, it is not every time or every affliction you go through, you should be mourning. Am I right? You want me to give you a biblical example? Do you know Stephen was persecuted and he was stoned to death? You remember that in the book of Acts? I think is it chapter 7 or so, or chapter 9? Now, the Bible says that while Stephen was being stoned to death, now pay attention, very, very important. I believe there were other believers who were around and they were crying. And Paul was there at that particular time. Paul, in fact, was the one who initiated that persecution. While Stephen was being stoned to death, the Bible says his eyes opened and he saw heaven. He had a revelation. In the midst of him dying, he had a revelation. Now, do you know what was happening? He saw heaven. He was being welcomed into the kingdom of God. Now, pay attention. Very important. Now, you in the physical, if you were there, you would be crying. You would be sympathizing. You say, oh, my God. Why would you allow this to happen to Pastor Stephen? Oh, God. Look at Brother Stephen. He's dying. Oh, God. I'm heartbroken. Oh, God. What is going on? Jesus, why would you sit there and allow this to happen? Lord, it should not be so. It should not be so. But trust me. If they would have given Stephen the permission to die or to come back to life and live, he would have said, please, just let me go away. What I have seen. Huh? <laughs> yeah. What I have seen that is awaiting me is much more important than this. He will, in fact, beg them to stone him to die immediately. 
you've told me quick, 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 the kind of glory that I have seen, the power that I have seen, the, the, the place that is, that, is, that is prepared for me, all oh, the angelic calls that are waiting for me to come up now. Please do your job and do it quickly so that I can go away. I can't wait to stay in this world anymore. But in your own eyes, if you don't understand, you'll be crying. He said, they just killed my brother, Stephen. I feel so discouraged. I feel so bad. So in the eyes of man, it seems as if, oh, this is deadly. This is bad. But in the eyes of God, it works for him a more eternal weight of what? Glory. Do you know the, in the midst of that persecution, that is how God, in fact, encountered Saul. He was the one who orchestrated the persecution. He ended up becoming the preacher that preached more than Stephen. He wrote much more than Stephen. Praise the Lord. Look at Jesus. Who would ever imagine or think that the death of Jesus would bring salvation? To crucify Jesus, was it a good thing? Was it a pleasant moment? You see all the ridicule and the provocation that, was, that were going on that we just read? But what came out of that? Our salvation. Our redemption. So anytime you go through affliction, the Bible says, don't be discouraged. Don't feel disappointed. Don't go back and begin to cry and say, but God, why would you allow this? You don't know what is in the realm of the spirit. Or you don't know what that thing is working for. But look at the, the answer now. The Bible says, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, work it for us a far more exceeding. The description is that a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Verse 15. It says, while we walk not while we look not at the things which are seen, look at this now, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? They are temporal. But the things which are not seen are what? They are eternal. So my mind is on eternity. I'm looking at eternal virtues. I'm looking at eternal reward. I'm looking at eternal glory. I'm not looking at this world. So you can cut my head, no problem. I'm making heaven. You can cut my hands, no problem. I'm making heaven. You can kick me out of the house, no problem. I'm making heaven. Or you can, can hurt me. You can take my car. Or you can destroy my body but my inner man will continue to rejuvenate and renew day by day and not only that I have a hope that is better than this war in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ where are those believers that will stand like Stephen where are those believers that will speak like these men of God who were saying that it doesn't matter what we go through our eyes are on the Lord so number one we see that in the midst of the affliction there is a what an eternal weight of glory that is there awaiting for them that is the reward hallelujah Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2. Hebrews chapter 12. These are the disciples, okay? Hebrews chapter 12. Let's look at Jesus Christ himself. Please be very fast so I can finish on time. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter what you may be going through right now. You keep your eyes on him, the author and the finisher of your faith. Hallelujah. Look at it. Hebrews chapter 2. Uh, sorry, chapter 12, verse 2. Hallelujah. It says, looking on to Jesus. Why? Is the author that is the beginner mm, and the finisher of our faith. Now, take note what happened to Jesus. He's going to describe it. Who for the joy that was set before him. So, there was joy that was set before him. But nobody sees that joy. Do you understand it? What were we looking at? In the book of Matthew, we looked at crucifixion. In the book of Luke, we looked at crucifixion. But what in the realm of the spirit, what was set before him was joy. So if you don't pay attention to what is ahead of you, you will look at what you are going through now and you will lose what is ahead of you. So pay attention to what is ahead of you and then you will be able to go through what you are going through now. Do you get the theory? Pay attention to what is ahead of you. That is what gives you courage. It's like a pregnant woman. That woman will have to be at that pregnancy for nine months and she will continue with all the different trimesters, with all the different kicking and 
punching of the baby in the womb and all the, the appetite and changes in her body, she will still continue to bluff and say, I, I, I have, I'm pregnant, I'm going to delete. You know, and she has to go through the labor ward. She has to go push. They say, push the pain. After the water breaks, she will still be courageous to push that baby out. And at the end, the first thing that she wants is for that baby to be on her lap. And the first thing that every woman experiences is a cool, sweet sleep. They just lay the baby on your chest and you sleep for a few minutes or maybe an hour or so. And then you wake up and say, where's my baby? The, what is the, the joy of that child? Cause you to forget that nine-month pain. All the pushing and the doctor touching and pulling and say, hey, push where? Hey, don't, don't get this. And, and all the noise that was in the labor room. Now you forget about all the noise that you were shouting and screaming in the labor room. And now you know that in the midst of that room, also you're able to produce a bouncing baby. Jesus says, and the word of God sorry, says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, that is, he's an example. Why? He says, who for the joy that was set before him, there was joy that was set before him, what he has to do is to endure the cross. Do you see that now? So in the midst of what is ahead of you, endure your own cross in Jesus' name. Be courageous enough to go through your cross in Jesus' name. And what's going to happen? Look at it. There's joy ahead of you, but there's a cross that you have to go through to get to the joy. Did you get it? There's joy. There's victory. There's breakthrough. Heaven is awaiting us. Praise the Lord. Jesus is awaiting us. Praise the Lord. Father Abraham is awaiting you. Moses, David, Jeremiah, Joshua, Abraham, all these wonderful men of God. David, Daniel, that we've learned and studied about in the Bible. The Bible says, in fact, in verse 1, it says, We are foreseen, we are so compassed about, with so great a cloud of witnesses. Every day they are looking on us. They say, Keep on, keep on, bro, keep on, sis. Continue to overcome that sin. Continue to be courageous. Continue to run this race. Continue to endure till the end. Don't give up. Don't give up. Run, 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 run. You know, like if there is a race and people are running and you have your, your, your own athlete that you are supporting, you say, Pull, run, run, run. You are shouting, you know, trying to, to sort of like. Pick, let them pick up their zeal, you know. You're trying to, to sort of like support them so that they, they'll be much more strong and courageous to accomplish that task. May I say this to you? We have heavenly hosts supporting us and saying, keep going. It is going to be fine. They're cheering us up every day. But you know you don't hear them. You don't see them, but they're there. There are angels all around us supporting us. Hallelujah. Jesus, the Bible says, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Why? The Bible says there was a joy that was set before him. A lot of things are ahead of us in the name of Jesus. Both known and unknown mysteries are ahead of us. What did Jesus do? Despising the shame. Hallelujah. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So now he's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. What did he do? He endured the cross, number one. Number two, he despised the shame. May I say this to you? Be strong enough, be courageous enough to endure your cross. He said to us that we must take up our own cross, not his own, but our own cross, and follow him. And not only that, in the midst of that, you must be courageous enough to endure the shame or despise the shame. Endure the cross, despise the shame in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we'll see that in the midst of this, the Bible says, the joy was set before him. Hallelujah. So, usually what is ahead is much more important than what you're going through in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 24 verse 13 says something. It says, he that shall endure up till the end, what is the reward there? The same shall be saved. You see that? So, if you are going to be saved, you have to endure till the end. So, your endurance will lead also to you being saved. Hallelujah. So, 
Every time you go through certain things in life that seems odd and contrary, beloved, be courageous enough because there is always a reward in Jesus' name. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 to verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 to verse 13. Let's see there. 1 Peter chapter 4. I hope I'm blessing you this morning. Verse 12 to verse 13. Can we read that quickly, please? Hallelujah. He said, Beloved, think it's not strange concerning the fears or the fury trials which is to try you. You see, don't think it is strange. Oh, I'm the only one going through this. Oh, God, why am I going through this? The Bible says, don't think it's strange. Amen? Don't be surprised, in other words. Don't be confused. It's obvious. Persecution is coming. Trying times are coming for the body of Christ or against the church. Hallelujah. By 2023, you begin to see the manifestation of the Antichrist. Already they've orchestrated everything. The economy of our world is going to go from bad to worse. I'm telling you. This is no joke. They're already telling you they are predicting, oh, oh, there, there's going to be, there's going to be a, a, a recession. No, 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 no. Who's doing that? Who's orchestrating the recession? The world government. There are people, you don't even know what is going on. You don't pay attention to the news, but they are busy working very hard. Satan and his, his, his court. The United Nations is working hard. The IMF is working hard. The World Bank is working hard. The European Union, they are working hard. Hallelujah. Every time, the G7, the G8, they are meeting always, always. Now, in fact, they are meeting frequently than any other time. You know what they are doing? They are tightening everything. The economy of the world. Don't you see the banking system, what is going on? Things are difficult. They are not raising up the minimum wage. They are not raising the minimum wage. Am I right? But yet, the price, price, prices are escalating. Housing in Toronto is extremely expensive. You cannot have one bedroom for 1500 now. You're looking at 1700 1800 One bedroom. Apartment. Can you imagine that? And somebody that is paying $15 an hour, $20 an hour, how can they live? Even if they are paying you $25 or $30 an hour, if you paid 1700 for one bedroom, praise God, what else is left with you? Nothing. They, they, in other words, they're just telling you, 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 you can't live anymore. You're just in a survival mode. That is what is going on now in our world. And it's not just in Canada. It is in America. It is in England. It is everywhere. Look at the lady that came now in the, in the UK, the prime minister. Right now, she's under very, very heavy pressure because of the money that she's giving out to the citizens. And now they're saying no. Now they're even trying to kick her out. What is happening is that the system of the world, they know what is happening. The banking, let, let me show you. There are two major elements that the enemy is attacking. Number one is going to attack the economy. And number two is going to attack the health sector. And that is why they talk about this corona thing. Now, by next 2023, something that is worse than corona is going to come up. And that's another kind of lie again. Right? That's another lie again that is going to come up. And not only that they're going to force people to vaccine, now they're going to force people to do many other things. The economies of the world is going to crumble. Now the US dollar is up and the pound is going down and the euro is a challenge. China is working on their own. Other sectors are working their own. They're doing this, they're doing that. By 2023, right, they're going to go into some other kind of system that has to do with gold and other things. Praise the Lord. And not only that, what is this one that is called that they do this money online? Cryptocurrency, thank you. All of that, those ones are going to bounce so high that the, the dollar is going to go down. The euro, all those things are going to go down. So everything, pay attention now. Everything is going to go into what they call the system. And that system has to do with uh, uh, the World Bank and, 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 and this uh, 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 Antichrist program that is being put in place. So it will come to a point that with that crypto system and all of that, everything that you have to do with money will not be cash now. 
It will not be um, um, a, a legal tendency now. It will be electronics. Now, in the midst of that electronic system, they will be able to control the entire world. So now, they will tell you before you get into that system, you must have the mark of the beast or you must have certain credentials. Now, if you're going to have certain credentials and you don't have those credentials, you cannot access money. And now if you come with your dollar, they will not accept it. You have to go through. And now if you have to go through, you have to go through the banking system. And the banking system will have to give you a number and the number and the card. And then those things are the things that will begin to match up with the 666. 666. By the time you know it, the Antichrist, in fact, he's already here. The Antichrist is alive right now as I'm talking to you. He's somewhere in Europe. The Antichrist is there. Did you saw the meeting that happened about a month ago in October? You saw the meeting? All the religious body... They came and they had a meeting somewhere in Europe. You didn't see that? I have that on my phone. I can show you. you or you don't have it? I'll send it to you. I'll send it to your, uh, my sister and she will give it to you. You know, they had all this meeting and all of that. They are talking about one world religion. All the purpose of all this one world religion, one world currency and everything. It's not something that is strange. They know. The European government know. The American government know. The Canadian government know. The Japanese government know. The Asian government. Every, it's all over the world. They know everything about the Antichrist. It's already positioned. And all that they are waiting for is the rapture to take place. If the rapture happened to take place today, the Antichrist is going to show up today and you'll be shocked. So, so you are the one. You'll be surprised. But in the midst of this, there's going to be hard time. There's going to be difficult moment. There's going to be trying times. Praise the Lord. But look at what the Bible says there. That in the midst of these trying times, you and I as a child of God, we must be very careful, very sensitive, and pay attention to what God is doing. He said, beloved, think it not strange concerning the very trials, which is to try you as though some strange things happening unto you. Verse 13 says, but rejoice. Hallelujah. Rejoice. Why? Inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ, suffering, that, take note of this now, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Which means that now that you are partaking with the suffering of Christ, when the glory will be revealed, you will be partaker also. You will be rewarded in Jesus' name. And you'll be rewarded with exceeding joy. Because even the glory, the presence of God that will appear alone, praise the Lord, to reward you, it won't be compared to all that you have gone through in your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We must be attentive as believers. These are the last days. We must pay attention to what is happening. Don't just ignore the news. Don't Up till today, they have not been able to conclude where Corona came from. They were accusing China, but now they are talking about military weapon and all this, all this kind of thing. Now, 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 listen to this now. What you discover is that a there is a lack of integrity in the world system now. Oh, yes. A lack of integrity in the world system and nobody is accountable to anyone. Don't be surprised if you hear that another country has gone to another country to occupy like what is happening in, in, in Russia now. It's going to be worse. So, to those of you who are in Africa, I, I'm not a prophet. I'm not a prophet, but I'm just telling you. What I'm telling you now is not a prophecy. I am giving you instruction as to what is happening. Looking at the system that is going on in our world now, these are the times that Africans and the Caribbeans must unite to have uh, their own currency, number one. Number two, these are the times that the Africans and the Caribbeans should be prepared to defend their own borders. Because let's be honest, the Western system cannot be trusted anymore. It is deceitful, it is ungodly, and you will be surprised to know that they are the one leading with the Antichrist. It is a dangerous time. 
It is an ungodly moment. These are truth that people don't speak about. These are truth that people don't want to say. But trust me, the world is going down. And it is only for those of you who are courageous enough, those of us who will stand and allow God to help us, will be able to endure till the very end in Jesus' name. That is why Habakkuk could say, although the fig tree shall not blossom, the herd shall not yield as tall. In Habakkuk chapter 3, it says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Praise the Lord. Let God be your satisfier. Hallelujah. Be content with the things of God. The Bible says that the grace of God is sufficient for us. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 9. It says, my grace is sufficient for thee. And my strength is made perfect in the midst of our weakness. So whenever you're experiencing weaknesses, you're experiencing difficulties, depend on the grace of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our affliction is just for a moment. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 34, verse 19, that in the, in, in the midst of the afflictions, the Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many, not few, are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver us from them all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of Psalms, chapter 41, verse number 3, the Bible says, in the midst of being on a sick bed, God will strengthen us. Hallelujah. Be courageous enough in the midst of affliction, the Lord will deliver you. Be courageous enough in the midst of sickness and infirmity that the Lord will strengthen you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus says in St. John chapter 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. Praise the Lord. He says, and I will come again to take you unto myself. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, he says, all things work together for good to them that love God. Hallelujah. So whatever you are going through, be strong. Be courageous. And God will see you through in the name of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 43, verse number 2. He says that when we pass through the fire, the Lord will be with us. Amen. When we pass through the water, he will be with us. He says he will not allow us to be born. He will not allow the flood to overflow us. Why? He is the consuming fire. Hallelujah. Why? Because he is the fountain of living water. Praise the Lord. So our confidence is in God. Why is it that we have confidence in God? Because the Bible says, I will be with you. God will be with us in the name of Jesus Christ. In the midst of all the constraints, he will be with us in the name of Jesus Christ. In the midst of the hard times, he will be with us in the name of Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 8, verse number 13. Romans chapter 8, verse number 13. Hallelujah. Can we read that? And then we're going to pray. Romans chapter 8. Thank you, Lord. Verse number 13. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Are we ready for this? Romans chapter 8. What a God we serve. Are we ready? It says, for if we live after the flesh, are we there? You shall die. But if through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall what? You shall live. Praise the Lord. So it doesn't matter what the world is saying. We don't want to die. We want to live. Praise the name of the Lord. Verse 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. Hallelujah. You and I were children of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God is in us. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that same Spirit is in us. Hallelujah. The Lord will see us through in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will protect us in the midst of every trial time. He will protect us in the midst of every difficult time. And you and I will not go down in Jesus' name. 
May I say this to you before we pray. Beloved, the Bible says the glory of God that will appear on that day. The grace of God that will appear on that day. When he appears, he says all the problems, all the battles, and all the difficulties that you have gone through, the Bible says you will forget about it. It's in the book of Romans also. That you will forget, you will be surprised. You'll be surprised to see, ah, the moment the trumpet of the Lord sound, pam, pam, all the pain and all the hard time that you've gone through, the Bible says that glory alone, just the glory of his appearing alone, will cause you to completely forget about all that you have gone through in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May I say this to you? Don't look at the pain. Look at the gain that is ahead of you. Don't look at the trials. Look at the testimony that is ahead of you. Don't look at the challenging times, praise the Lord, but look at the grace that has been provided for you. And at the end, you and I, you will not be left behind in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will not fail in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, God said to Joshua, Have not I commanded thee to be strong and be very courageous? He says, For I will be with you. May I say this to you? Whatever you are going through right now, that thing is working for you for your good can we talk to the lord this morning can we ask the lord for grace can we ask the lord for strength can we ask him for his mercies can we ask him for his power let him empower us let him strengthen us that in the midst of all the difficulties in our world you and i will not fail in this life Hallelujah. Talk to the Lord right now. Tell the Lord to help you. Tell the Lord to strengthen you. Tell the Lord to give you grace and wisdom. Tell the Lord to empower you. That you keep your eyes on him and him alone. You don't keep your eyes on the problems. You don't keep your eyes on the challenges that you are going through. The Bible says Jesus despised all the trials and all the shame. He endured the cross. Hallelujah. Tell the Lord that you are going to endure till the end. Sometimes it may seem hard. It may seem difficult. Just as it was in the days of Noah. People never believed that there is going to be flood because they never experienced rain before. Not until the day that the Lord asked Noah to go into the ark. The Bible says the Lord closed the ark. And when the Lord closed the ark, that's the time they were begging. It started to rain for the first time in the history of mankind upon the earth. They never seen rain before. And they were like, what is going on? What they did not know is that the Bible says God opened all the doors and the windows of heaven and it begins to flood the earth. By the time they realized it, they were being caught up on their knees. Before they could cry, it got onto their hip, their shoulder. And before you know, everyone died. Everyone that were left, they were not in the ark, they died. May I say this to you, beloved? We're in that same time. The Bible says as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be for the coming of the Son of Man. You may be at work, the rapture takes place. You may be going to school, it takes place. You may be driving on the highway. You may be in your kitchen. You may be with your husband, with your wife, 
what will happen on that day when Jesus appears to take his own people home forever? Where would you be? Romans chapter 8 verse 18. It says, for I reckon that the suffering of this present time, the suffering, the difficulties of this present time, they are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So no matter what the suffering is, no matter what the persecution might be, the trials and the difficult times, they cannot be compared to the glory that God is going to reveal to us on that day when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound. So talk to the Lord. Give me grace to follow. Abundant grace to follow. Give me grace to follow. Your grace is enough for me. Give me grace to follow. Abundant grace to follow. Lord, give me grace to follow. Your grace is enough. Oh, follow, follow. I will follow Jesus. Anywhere and everywhere. I will follow him. Follow, follow. I will follow Jesus. Anywhere he leads me, I will follow him. Follow, follow, follow. I will follow Jesus. Anywhere and everywhere, I will follow him. Follow, follow. I will follow Jesus. Anywhere he leads me, I will follow. One more time. Follow, follow. I will follow Jesus. Anywhere and everywhere, I will follow him. Follow, follow. I will follow Jesus. Anywhere he leads me, I will follow him. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Say this with me. There, Lord Jesus, I come before you today. My God, my Father, have mercy upon me. Every form of unbelief and doubt, fear and discouragement, have mercy, Lord. Grant unto me the courage that I need. As you instructed and commanded Joshua, as you did at Calvary, help me to do likewise. To be courageous. Not to look at my friends, my neighbor, the world, whatever I'm going through, whatever they will do to me. Lord, help me to keep my eyes on you and you alone. Help me to be strong in my heart, to be courageous in every area, in the name of Jesus, that, Lord, I will not give up. In the midst of trials, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of affliction, in the midst of sickness and pain, in the midst of necessities, help me, Lord, to endure till the end. Bestow grace upon me, grace beyond measures, strength and courage. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Our Father, we thank you this wonderful morning. 
Thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the lives of your sons and your daughters. Thank you for your presence and your power in the house. Spirit of the living God, we come before you in mercy and pleading, oh God, in holy adoration. We're asking for enough grace this end time. Enough grace this last days. We know the world is bent against you. We know the system and the governance is against you. We know they have prepared to launch against the world. But Lord, give us courage to overcome. Give us courage to stand the storm. Give us courage to resist. Give us courage to endure till the end. To endure persecution. To endure trials. To endure temptation. To endure difficult times in Jesus' name. Father, every form of discouragement. Any stronghold of the enemy, demonic stronghold, witchcraft, satanic, evil manipulation that might want to cause us to falter. Lord, we rebuke and destroy their plans and their powers in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask for great grace. We ask for strength beyond measures. Jesus, Lord, you said, Lord, you despised the shame. You endured the cross because of the joy that was set before you. Whatever it is that has been set ahead of us, give us insight to see the future, to endure because of what is ahead of us, to bear through and through, that at the end you said you go to prepare a place for us. You will come again to take us unto ourselves, uh, to yourself. We pray that Lord will be prepared. We will be ready that on that day when the trumpet shall sound, we'll be among the number in the name of the Lord Jesus. We shall not fail in Jesus' name. Sin shall not sieve us away in the name of Jesus. The world shall not destroy our faith in the name of Jesus. Persecution and trials shall not bring us to the end. But that God Almighty, they will work for our good in Jesus' name. They will work a more eternal word of glory for us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. For those of you who are watching and you haven't given your life to the Lord, just say this with me quickly. Say there, Lord Jesus, I come before you. I repent of all my sins. Forgive me for all that I have done wrong. I believe you died for me. You were in the grave. You rose again on the third day. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you for saving me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen, 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 amen. To God be the glory. We want to thank God for today. We want to thank God for his faithfulness.